0: Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Cubby podcast featuring author Miranda Mathis. This week we have Beverly Davis-Baird, a retired teacher, yoga therapist, and owner and founder of Wisdom Tree Yoga located in New Jersey. Hi Beverly, we are glad you accepted our invitation to be part of M Squared Books' Teacher's Cubby podcast. Before we begin, let's introduce Miranda Mathis who has started this podcast for teachers. Hi, Miranda. Hi,
1: hi, Beverly. Hi.
0: Great, let's get started. I'm going to turn this over to Miranda and return with one question to close us out.
1: Well, before we get started, um, here's a message for our M Squared Books podcast listeners. M Squared Books, teachers, Cubby, podcast is to allow teachers, educators, instructors, and other professionals to share their Mm -hmm. professional experience with our audience with hopes it may enlighten and inspire others to apply some of the suggestions shared through this podcast. It's all about providing resources. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce Beverly. Beverly, tell us who you are. Um, a little bit about yourself, and one word that describes you.
2: Okay. Well, um, first off, I'm a mom and a grandmother. Uh, important. I'm a retired. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's delightful to be a grandparent. I really just <laughs> thrilled to death. So, but I'm a retired teacher. I retired about four years ago, um, and I'm also a yoga therapist. So um, we'll talk more about that, but I've been practicing yoga for about 35 years um, and teaching since 2010. Um, And, you know, as a teacher, I was able to integrate some yoga into my classroom, which was really exciting and wonderful to do, as well as I did some whole school programs and some staff development. Uh, So I would say, you know, if I'm going to choose one word, the word would be caring. I think I'm just a really caring person and I care about making a difference.
1: Awesome, we're gonna talk about two things. Since you said you were a teacher and you're also a yoga therapist, let's shortly, like briefly talk about you as a teacher. What grade level did you teach and how did you integrate yoga into your classroom?
2: So I started off as a second grade teacher and then taught fourth grade for a couple of years. It ended up in first grade, so it's elementary for my my teaching career. Um, and initially I just brought the yoga in because the kids need breaks in the classroom. And, you know, they get tired, um, their concentration wanes and they need a breaks to move. Um, doesn't matter which age group you're working with, they really do need that. So I would use that as a little breaks in my classroom and they evolved into what I called were brain breaks um, because the more I studied about memory and learning and how we store information in our brains, the more I realized that those breaks were as important as what I was instructing them with. And by taking a break and giving the kids a chance to move and interact and to laugh, We reduced a lot of the stress of the classroom and it enhanced the learning process.
1: Awesome, how
2: long did you teach? I taught for 20 years. I'm one of those people who've changed careers a number of times. Um, I started off with an English degree and then more administrative kinds of things and then had kids, stayed home, went back to school, got my master's uh, when my daughter started school. Um, She's now the parent of my grandson.
1: From teaching, how did you become a yoga therapist? What was, what, how did you move towards that?
2: So when I uh, took my yoga training, in part, I took it because I felt that when I was going to classes in places like the YMCA or yoga studios or gyms, there was very little instruction for people who couldn't do the moves in a very athletic way. Um, sophisticated way and i felt there was really a a need um to provide yoga that was accessible to to people of all ages so that's why i did my training in 2010 and then when i finished my training um, i taught a lot in churches particularly in the church i was attending and if you're a member of a church anywhere you know that it's mostly older people Um, And so Mm -hmm. I felt like the yoga practice really needed to be adapted for them. So I found a training at Integral Yoga Institute in New York City um, called Yoga for Arthritis. Wonderful, wonderful program Um, came out of some um, research of a team of people from John Hopkins, um, particularly a woman named Dr. Stephanie Munaz. So that kind of got me introduced to the whole integral yoga community. And then the International Association of Yoga Therapists decided around 2012 that they needed to formalize the um, certification for yoga therapy, that almost anyone could say they were a yoga therapist. There wasn't a set of standards. So they set up standards um, and requirements for education. And I was part of the group that was grandfathered in because I was already taking classes for chair yoga, yoga for arthritis, um, Mm. things of that sort. So um, now if you want to become a yoga therapist, it's a a thousand hours of training Wow! become a yoga therapist. So it's it's significant because there's much more involved than becoming, not to put down yoga teachers, yoga teacher is, you know, a 200 hour program. They just can't cover the scope of what you would need to understand, you know, different bodies, uh, different illnesses and conditions that people would come with. Um, and all the ways that you can um, modify the practice to work for them. Because I was working in the school, a lot of the classes I took during my training for yoga therapy were geared towards kids. So I took like, yoga for autism, uh, yoga for a special child. So I really tailored some of the things that I took in that training to deal with kids.
1: Wonderful. So what's the objective and goal you um, you desire to achieve with each class or with each student or patient? So they were considered more of a a client or a student. Okay,
2: Um, I work with them as a yoga therapist. Um, My goal is always educate people. Uh, That's who I am at heart. So when I teach even group classes, so I teach a class called Yoga for Arthritis and Chronic Pain. um, I'm always trying to educate my students about a particular topic. Right now I'm teaching about flexibility and mobility and why those are important and how we can use our yoga practice to bring that, not only to our bodies, but to our minds, our spirits, um, to our emotions, to have that that ability to adapt with situations. So when I I work in a group setting, people have similar needs and um, I'm always thinking scope and sequence because that's the teacher in me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, When I work one-on-one with someone, they're coming with a very particular sense of things that are happening with them. And no one comes and says, oh, I I have shoulder pain and that's it. They have shoulder pain. They have back pain. You know, they're dealing with loss. uh, They have high blood pressure. They've got multiple things going on. So it's putting that picture together and helping to educate them about the tools of yoga and how they can use them to come to a sense of wholeness and wellness for themselves. And sometimes that wholeness is accepting that we live with something that's chronic, like arthritis or diabetes or or something like that that we can manage, but finding that sense of peace with where we are. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you find that there are some myths or stigmas attached to learning yoga um, that you wish people knew?
2: Absolutely, okay. um, I think you know one of the first things is, I teach a lot of chair yoga and people tend to think that chair yoga is easy yoga or yoga for old people and it isn't. Um, I love to tell the story of when I took my chair yoga training, we had, to, we had to teach as part of the training and my son who was about 20 at the time, um, came to the class because he lived in New York City and that's where the training was. And he got to the end of the class and he said, that was great. He said, yeah, I can't do the regular yoga class. I'm not that flexible. And it was perfect for him, you know, although it was designed for people who are older. So share yoga, I think is, is for everyone. So that would be one myth. Uh, the other, I, you know, people feel like they have to be flexible before they can come to yoga. And the whole idea of being yoga has know, become more flexible in many ways. Our flexibility is, is set to a certain extent. Um, Mm -hmm. just because of where our muscles are. So it's working within that. Yeah. I think a couple of the other myths are that only people who are able-bodied can do yoga. And my feeling is yoga is for everyone. I've worked with three-year-olds and I've worked with 93 year olds. Um, I've worked with Alzheimer's patients. I've worked Mm -hmm. with people undergoing treatment for brain tumors. Um, I've even worked with kids with developmental disabilities, you know, Down syndrome, and things like that. Yoga is accessible to a wide variety, and yoga is not just the postures, the movements, the things that you see on Instagram and and Facebook. It, there's so much more there, which leads me to my my last: is that the people think that when they're sick or they're going through surgery that they can't do yoga and. To me, that's the time when we need our practice most. There are so many tools there that are helpful. Things like breathing are enormous, meditation, guided relaxation, a practice called Yoga Nidra, which is yogic sleep that are all wonderful for supporting healing and recovery. And you can do yoga lying in a hospital bed.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. Absolutely. Oh, man, I have totally been enlightened um, <laughs> by the information you have provided. And I'm sure our listeners, uh, they will get a lot from this. This is amazing. Do you have a platform or do you blog where they can find you or you have specific topics you blog about?
2: Yeah, I have a website and on my website, I have a blog. Um, My topics are mostly about healthy aging for people. So my my students at this point in my life are 50 and older. So that's me (laughs) (laughs) and me too. not that younger people can not come, but um, I, I do tend to target the needs of those groups. So I write about different topics on my blog. I'm active on social media and Instagram and Facebook. That's about
1: as far as I go. Last um, question that I, I, I'm i really thinking about. How does yoga affect someone um, spiritually, physically, and their mental state? You know, I'm sure there are movements, but there have... There must be something that affect you emotionally as well. So can you touch on that? Sure. Yoga is a, is a
2: whole person practice. Okay. It, it's about all the layers. If, if you think of yourself like the nesting Russian dolls, we have many layers. There's a physical layer, but within that layer, there is an, an energetic layer. So yoga can help us deal with our energy. It's wonderful for calming the nervous system. Um, or energizing it if we need it. So that then affects our um, emotional and intellectual being. So um, yoga can be a wonderful tool for people dealing with depression and anxiety or um, PTSD. Um, and there are a lot of yoga therapists who specialize in those particular um, areas. And certainly though the basis behind yoga is this idea that we are not separate, that we are part of something that's much greater. And I think that can apply to whatever your spiritual orientation is. I teach in a lot of Christian communities, a lot of churches. Um, I'm going to start a class, uh, teaching a class in two weeks um, called Body and Soul that's in a church and it's moving prayer. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's about quieting our spirits so that we can then communicate with the divine, however that
1: okay. translates to you. So do you wanna give the name of the church where people can find you, or if they're in the area? Um, so
2: it's Tower Hill Church in Red Bank. Um, so I'm gonna be teaching a class there and I hold my classes at the Presbyterian Church in Shrewsbury, New Jersey. Uh, that's where I, I teach out of, I don't teach out of a studio. Um, but I'm very much affiliated with the Yoga for Arthritis program um, as an an instructor and a mentor for people going through the program. Uh, And in terms of kids yoga, um, I love a program called King Around Yoga. Um, It's done by Harris Lender. Remember Lender's Bagels? Um, Her father was the original Uh, who started Lenders Bagels, but she has wonderful kids yoga program, which is what I used in schools with kids. Um, It's all kind of choreographed to music, which the kids really love.
1: Awesome. How do you connect with clients who may be struggling? Do you have any success stories that you can share with us?
2: Well, when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking particularly about a little boy I worked with when I was in school. So I was I took over a program one of our phys ed teachers had done. It was an adaptive PE program before school for kids who had IEPs and had uh, sensory motor issues and certainly self-control issues. And I would work with those kids before school. Um, I did that two mornings a week before I'd been going into my classroom to teach for the day. And I had a little boy who was on the autism spectrum and had a lot of difficulties And um, he really loved the music and the movement. But his mom said to me, he said, she said, when he comes home from school on the days he does yoga, she said, after school is that much easier. Even though the yoga was before the school day began, um, she saw a difference in how he was. And those kinds of stories, I think are so, so helpful when you give people tools. I heard from a, a client I'm working with and she said, she went to a doctor's point appointment. she said, I used the breathing technique you gave me. She said, and then I wasn't quite so nervous. So it's those little things of giving people tools that they can take into their day and into their everyday life. I think that's really where the joy is for me.
1: What do you do to connect with your clients, your students? Is there, do you have a certain I don't know, uh, something you think about or a belief system, how do you connect with them?
2: I ask a lot of questions. I really try to get to know people. I'm very curious about people. So when I sit down with them, I I wanna hear their story. Um, Mm -hmm. And people like to talk about themselves, generally speaking, they wanna be seen, they wanna be heard, they wanna be acknowledged. So I find that helps as a yoga therapist, there's always a very involved intake process because I want to look at that individual um, and all aspects of that person, not just what physically maybe brought them to me, looking for relief and to deal with pain, but also what's happening on that emotional, physical, social level, spiritual level, all of those. But I think asking questions is the, the number one.
1: Do you have any suggestions um, before we close out? Do you have any suggestions for fellow mm-hmm. yoga, Uh, therapists, instructors who may desire to do what you do? I think
2: getting education really helps you. Kids yoga is very different from adult yoga. So understanding how we can uh, modify and adapt the practices to work for the particular audience that we're working with. If you're working with kids with Down syndrome, you have to be careful about certain joint issues because they're hypermobile. And so you don't want to injure them. So you need to understand those things and, and seek that training and talk to things like your parent-teacher groups and so forth to see if you can get into the schools and provide the programs. The kids really love it. The parents love it. And I would say you know, for teachers, finding out and learning more about yoga and having your own practice you can bring into the classroom can be enormous. It's about self-care as well as caring for your students. And you know teachers are under so much stress these days, I have great admiration for all of them. COVID, I just, I don't know how they did it. Uh, You know, you can't pay them enough for what they do, in my opinion. But bringing the yoga in and, and providing that little bit of break in the classroom for your students is gonna enhance learning, it's gonna enhance time on task, but it's also gonna take care of you as the educator. Because, you know, just like, you know, if mama ain't happy, Ain't nobody happy. Same thing in the classroom. If your teacher isn't happy and content and feeling well, it's going to reflect in the classroom environment.
1: That is so true. I applaud all my teachers. Um, They have a lot on their shoulders. So this teacher's cubby was was created for people like you to come on this platform, share information and uplift each other. You know, and we need to do more of that. Talk to each other. Um, we all go home, and we have so many things to do with our families. But come on the podcast and and share, and listen to a, another individual talk to you and share something that may inspire you, enlighten you, or educate you. You know, it's just so much information out there, and I created this because I I really wanted people to talk to each other and to offer suggestions and tips on what they can use throughout their day, that week, um, or when something happens, they will remember something was said through these podcasts. Um, and it is important to me, it is very important to me to have people like you come on and talk to others and talk to me because I, I, I was one of those people that didn't see yo I saw it as an activity but oh my god you just you shared some wisdom and some knowledge here so I appreciate it thank you for getting through my brain <laughs> and having me see it differently because I thought you really had to be flexible or at least have something that you know how to do before you take the class but you need to come as you are basically is what you said exactly just come as you are do you have any last thing you want to share with us? Um, are you, do you have a company? Because I don't think I asked the name of your company. Or yes, yeah, so
2: I'm I'm Wisdom Tree Yoga um, because I'm with parents or, and adults who are in their wisdom years. Yes. Uh, You know, we're not old. We're in our wisdom years. Absolutely. Um, And, um, you know, I would love to be able to support teachers. I have a lot of teachers who come to my classes because I take that educational approach. um, And some of them will say that what they learn in yoga class for themselves, they take back into their classroom. Um, But I'm always happy to share those tips and ideas. Um, And while I'm not in the, the, you know, public school classroom right now, Um, I would love to support teachers, whether they come to class or I come and do an in-service or teach them how to do brain breaks in their classrooms. I'd love to be able to support um, all those educators out there.
1: Please be mindful that everything discussed in this podcast are the opinions and suggestions of our guests and should not be taken as a method that works for every student, teacher, or organization. This is solely from my guest's point of view or shared past experience with hopes that it can be used as a resource to move forward in your profession. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Beverly. And Tina, I turn it over to you
0: back with what I promised. One question. M Squared Books created the teacher's cubby to have professionals come together and share information, suggestions, and tips. With that being said, where can we find you on social media?
2: Yeah, you can find me at uh, wisdomtreeyoga.com, and you can find me under that same uh, handle on uh, Facebook and Instagram.
0: Thank you so much, Beverly and Miranda, for enlightening us with your conversation. Teacher's Cubby features new episodes every last Thursday of the month, so be sure to click the follow button. You can find the M Squared Books podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, our website msquaredbooks.com, and on YouTube at Miranda Mathis. If you desire to be part of our podcast, please email Miranda Mathis at msquaredbooks.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, stay well and safe.